Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's wrong. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together. Is my shit together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Long well, Rope Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 17. As it features up 55 as we try and continue this rally of the CPI numbers this week. Uh, so I think this, the story is, despite what the Fed says, uh, this is the this is the whisper story, Matt. There's always a whisper story. Oh, yeah. Despite what the Fed says, uh, they're going to come in with a cool CPI number, and they're going to pivot soon. Don't worry about it. More money in the system. Get those stocks up there. That, that That's the background story here. We don't know if that's the truth, but mm. that's the background story. Do we have a... The late up, Mr. Greg, Greg Pappas with us? We do indeed. Chief, What's up, man? The story always dominates. The, uh, um, so what, what, are, what are all the ladies in town going to do this weekend with you sick with COVID? <laughs> Narrative over news. Um, me, I was in bed the entire week and weekend pretty much, so I'm, I'm on the mend. Thank you. What kind of COVID did you get? Were you that, were that sick? I don't know the kind where you sleep fifteen hours. God, well, you'll, you'll come out of it okay. Your own antibodies, and you'll be behind you, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, I mean, I I feel you know much better already. So, well, you, good. Well, good, good. Uh, they were having trouble. They were struggling without you the other night. Oh no! Just, <laughs> well, good thing they had you to kind of keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that necessarily, but well, you didn't miss much yesterday. All it was rain all day. Mm. Really? Uh, brutal. In a bad way, yeah. In a bad I way. Was, I was stuck inside. Uh, so was everybody else. <laughs> <They're> probably, <laughs> did you uh, did you watch any of the Bear game where they, the at the end of the game the field was about four feet deep in water? I saw some of the highlights where they were diving in the water. That was kind of silly. But, uh, you know, it held up pretty good considering they just, they just resatted it this week. That makes sense, huh? Well, you know, they, they, they when they they don't they don't side it like uh, you would side your backyard rolling out the grass. I and mean, I think the stuff they put in is probably what six eight inches deep with the dirt already. I mean, they dig it out, so it's not like they're they're rolling it out there. You know, it's a big it's big huge hunks of stuff they put in there, right? Yeah, there. It's the joke of most of the NFL, though. So no matter what they do, they're still going to get made fun of. Well, you know, I tell you what, it looked pretty darn good at the, at the start of the game yesterday, and uh, whoever did it, and you know what, it held up pretty good. So we'll see on that part. The, <laughs> the uh, what the players association always complained about that field, and uh, what was the one that they turned to astroturf, uh, the, the nearest one. I know which one you're talking. About. It all comes down to what. You can't you can't have concerts on it if you're going to play football on it. I mean, there's only a certain much no. you can do if it's going to be a grass field. I mean, uh, anyway, but that's a we have uh, market going up. We've got 
some of the uh, uh, commodities settling down somewhat in terms of pricing, which of course everybody's chirping about the end of inflation when all it does is it'll just move somewhere else if you don't do something with the money, but that's just one man's opinion. Uh, we also have... Well, uh, if you want to see some fireworks today uh, at around 11, 11 Central, go ahead and flip over to the uh, beans and the corn prices. And the USDA are releasing some uh, crop estimates today. So you'll see probably, I'd say more fireworks and corn than beans, but I'd expect them to jump around a whole bunch. Uh, is Beaks, do you have, you have access to Beaks? Oh, man, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. But uh, they do, they've got one of those numbers coming out today. So as you can imagine, you know, it's everybody sitting around. And then at 11, that's when everything hits all together. So I, I'd expect to see, you know, 20 or 30 cent swings. Well, that'd be, what are you, what are you expecting? I mean, uh, you sent me the stuff uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Where it actually was uh, the USDA crop estimate. This, I'm going to say this is two weeks ago you sent this to me. And the, the yeah, the private estimates are, are, you know, not significantly, but they're, they're a step lower than uh, the public estimates right now. So the private estimates are saying maybe we're going to get uh, revised down in the, in the yield for corn and stay, stay around the same for beans. Um, was it? So, in, yeah, that means a worse yield in corn. In, so in, in your opinion? Have increased. As I recall, you said the private the private estimate was slightly lower, but also was uh, two or three weeks later. So, do you think it was a time thing, or they just their 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 gathering is different? Uh, I think they're both, you know, very good. Uh, the private one happened later, so that's they're what I'm probably saying. more accurate. So, what what do you suppose in in that two to three weeks? I'm gonna was it was like three weeks difference, right? In that three weeks, what, what event, I don't I mean, it's not like I'm checking the weather out of all these places, what event, if any, do you think was the cause of the slight down move, or did it just, just, you know, a little different? I don't remember a, um, a heat wave or a, a, you know, a whole bunch of rain in some area more than they wanted or anything like that. It just... In terms of where it matters, it's been pretty good. Here in Iowa, uh, for corn, it's been, you know, pretty good, a little above average temperature but uh in the other spots a little west and north uh the crops really got uh some heat heat so that kind of slowed down the uh progress so it was as i recall off the top of my head i I could dig back to that list but it seemed like the uh uh, the north dakota those areas were going to be less than yet last year where iowa and oil were kind of the same you know, pretty pretty yeah. bumper crop years. If you put it in terms of numbers, the numbers that they're going to say probably are the crop progress, meaning you know what part is good to excellent. Uh, it's in corn. I want to say it's around fifty five percent or fifty four percent, and just a little bit higher, like fifty seven in beans. So that's you know that's that's a solid. And the other numbers that are kind of important that came out were uh, the spring wheat was. A little behind in harvesting, so they're I think they're around eighty percent done now. They should be they should be like eighty seven or ninety percent done by now. All right, so work us through that a little bit. The uh, the winter wheat you actually will plant soon, right? Right now. Right, right now, now, and you harvest yeah, that so when? 
Um, it, it depends on the weather, but what's coming, what's coming right now is, uh, I want to say spring wheat is going into the ground. Normally it would be more. They probably would have about 10 or 20% in right now, but they're a little behind, so maybe it's five. Are, are spring wheat and the winter wheat synonymous? Same thing? Uh, meaning, like, genetically? No, I mean, is it, but I mean, the same time period, winter wheat and spring wheat. Same thing, right? You, you plant it in the fall and you, and you, you pull it out in the spring? They used to call it winter wheat. Not I'm spring. not sure I understand. Say so they used to call it winter wheat. Now you're saying spring wheat. Are they the same thing, I guess, is my question. Um, they're both wheat. They go into the ground at different times. Okay. Well, the, the, the wheat that, that trades on the Board of Trade is what? Is number two hard winter wheat or something like that? SRW, soft red. Soft red. Soft red winter. Okay. Hmm. Now the rest yeah, of the and then Minnesota, you've got uh, Minnesota and KC. I think you've got the hard red and, and different. Now, can you can you deliver different stuff? I remember when I when I was a member of the Board of Trade years and years ago, and the, the bond, the 30-year bond was a huge contract. Every month I'd get this big honking thing in the mail from the Board of Trade, and it had to be, you know, it was printed paper probably 10, 15 pages long, and it had every conceivable 30-year band that you could deliver versus the one, for those that don't don't know, when you, when you get out that far, I mean, there there is a specific 30-year band that's traded, correct? I mean, there's, in those days, it was an 8.5% something-something. And uh, by the way, the 8.5% band got down to 66 or something was the low tick during the last inflation thing. So that was pretty, it was at 12.5%, 13%, somewhere in there. That's pretty high. Uh, anyway, so they would give you this thing, well, if you were going to give uh, this other band instead, you had to give uh, 1.001 or something percent. So instead of $100,000... You had to give them a hundred thousand dollars in like one buck if you were delivering that one, or if you were delivering another one is ninety nine thousand nine ninety eight or something because there were there were some that were more and some that were less. And but you didn't. But the idea, you didn't, I mean, if you had to deliver, I mean, nobody had the actual band that they were trading, right? Or you know, a few people did. So if you had to deliver, you had, you, whatever you delivered had a different rate to it. Now, is, now, is that the same thing for? I mean, if if the contract is uh, is uh, soft winter. And you actually want to deliver, and you've got hard winter. You can deliver that, right? It's just a, it's just a different. You get a different factor or something. Um, I'm not sure about the specific uh, protein aspects of like the the wheat itself, but in general, uh, their uses are different. So hard red uh, is going to be good for milling, and then SRW, which is soft soft red, is going to do uh, pastries, cakes. Stuff like that with blending. Okay, so uh, milling. Is, what do you mean milling for flour? For heart? Yeah. Okay. See, is he one of these guys that's involved in the restaurant? You'd know all this stuff. The difference between the flour. Somebody trying to give you bad flour, you'd be outraged. You know, just saying. I think farmers would call us like computer cowboys. You know, we're we're trading online, and they don't really like. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> they don't really like that. We don't know all of that. The, f- the farmers uh, are they are they happy about anything ever? They're like traders. They were traders that were very oh, wealthy the people. Farmers always like to collect the government subsidies, they, and they like to complain that they're spending a lot, but they do make a lot, a whole bunch. Or yeah. oh, you know, when <laughs> when the stars align, you know. 
And then at the end of the day, their 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 farms usually worth more. Like I knew traders that never had never had a winning day, and yet all of a sudden, all they had was money. You know, somehow. Funny how that happens, right? Yeah. So hey, what uh, in terms of de- delivering all this stuff? I mean, depending on where you are, obviously, if you're if you're in Marseille, Illinois, you pack up the truck and you roll down to the to the uh, you know you can probably go right to the river. And you probably have a co-op on the river you can deliver it to, and it probably goes right into a barge. But most people are going to go to either the local uh, uh, co-op, which probably has a rail siding to take him to the river or someplace. Or if you're further north, you might take it by train all the way to Seattle and send it right to China or wherever, correct? So so the depending on where you are, if there is a rail strike, it's going to affect you differently than other people. Am I right on that? Oh yeah, rail strikes big for big for moving domestically and you know shipping out. Uh, I'd say don't leave out the Mississippi in that one and that analysis because the Mississippi is. Where, are you outside? I thought you were you were locked in your house. It sounds like you're outside on your phone. Oh me? Yeah, yeah I'm sitting out, getting some fresh air. You're also getting some wind in your phone. It's been a long weekend. He's got to get some fresh yeah, air. Yeah, he needs some fresh air. That's what they did for tuberculosis. If he stood out yesterday, he'd have been drowned. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> well, anyway, so, I mean, if, if there is such a thing as a rail strike, and by the way, we have a, a source, of course, a reporter uh, from the show, and because uh, when John's on, we're going to talk about the, the actual contract negotiations and the federal government. The federal government's been involved in rail strikes like since day one, because obviously it's a big deal in this country. They've, they've even, they even took over the railroads and uh, they nationalized them in World War One. I. I don't know how, how that even worked, but they they, they, they did do that. And uh, but there's been times this, this this particular the reason why the 16th is the date is there's been this 90 day cooling off period, which is as much as the president can do. There's all kinds of of precedent regarding railroad stuff. Uh, uh, you know, because railroads were here obviously long before an interstate highway <coughs> highway system, but their cooling off period. Uh, ends on the 16th, right, Greg? So the 16th, they're free to go on strike. They also went to some sort of a government mediation on the salaries. Yeah, and five so of forth. the 12 unions. Five of the 12, not not uh, all of them. I thought five of the 12 have uh, somewhat settled, the smaller one, there was seven left. Is it five left or seven? Whatever. It's about half of them that are left. But uh, yeah. these are kind of the big ones. And from what I understand from my guy, my guy, uh, it's almost all about work rules and virtually none about uh, about salaries. And, um, and I actually have an article here I was reading last night. It's it's that's what it's about. They for you know every of course I don't know if I don't know if you you guys subscribe to this, but when I was young uh, and we used to go maybe out for a for a for a beer and shoot some pool in South Bend. Not that I ever did anything like that. It was in one of the one of the saloons, bars, libraries that we went to. Uh, there was a poster or a sign, Greg, and it said, um, "Well, there were two that were interesting. One of them said, just remember, everybody who makes more than you is is overpaid. You're the only person who's not overpaid, right?" So, um, so <laughs> kind of like the trainer thing you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the the interesting thing was, uh, whenever you lay somebody off. You know, because they've they've been laying people off, and, he, and 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 this this all goes back to I mean, that's let's put it this way. I'd like the theme of the show to be 
that all this stuff ties itself together, Greg. I mean, we talk about something with you, we talk about something different with Jan Flanagan. It's all the same world. It's all the same movie. It's always my, my thought, right? Because they all sort of interconnect somehow. Well, we kind of built it into the prices. Uh, yeah. You'll notice over the past you know week or two weeks or so, I think the prices have increased not only because of supply, but because of those constraints that you've seen with uh, you know transportation and shipping. But uh, that that should tie in to the prices. Well, what give us a little bit of a sense? Um, we got a few minutes. So some some guy, some farmer who normally hauls it down to the co-op, and the co-op puts it on the rail side. Because if you drive through Ohio, it's, it's easier there because you can you take this back roads more than you do here. Or at least I do when I go down to see my family in Columbus, and you see you know people pulling into the co-op. And, and there's a rail siding right there, and there's a, there's a couple of those big uh, storage facilities, silos. And you can, you can see it all happening right in front of your eyes. Well, if all of a sudden there's, there's a rail strike, how, how long can, a, can the farmer, does he have any, any chance of, of storage on his own property? I mean, some guys have built all these big silos because the one year the price went up and they didn't have storage in the facilities, and they're all pissed off that they, and they built their own silos so they could store it until next year when the price went. I mean, there's guys been doing all that stuff, but, but by and large, how much? How how long can a farmer keep the corn sitting on his property without selling it? Without without, without mice starting to eat it? I don't know. I would imagine that you wouldn't want to keep it more than a few months. I mean, once the moisture concerns come into play, and once you get uh, you know possible uh, contaminants and stuff, there's there's nothing good that can happen besides you know the price going up. So there's a whole lot of bad, and then you need to weigh that against. Against, will the price go up? So, what one year I remember happens in their head constantly. One year I remember they had a, they had a, this bumper crap right. So I'm driving through Ohio, and all of a sudden I see like two or three co-ops in a row where they had, you know, the big master silos where they can load the cars from the silos. Well, next to the silos, there's this massive mound of corn that they couldn't even put in the silos. And I'm thinking. They better get rid of that because every mouse in town is going to be in that in that in that pile of corn pretty quick. And uh, right, all kind of vermin. Um, all we can hear through your phone is, is the wind. Oh, I was saying, yeah, and birds love this stuff too. Yeah, I got to believe. Uh, you know, at the top of the thing. So I mean, if if, if there's a real strike, I mean, it it, it could get nasty. Who takes the hit on that? If the farmer's already delivered it to the co-op, I guess it's the co-op, right? Or whoever runs that place? Uh, it depends on their insurance, how it's set up. And, of course, the government backstops stuff, and they'll pay you not to you know, do stuff. <laughs> the uh, the consumer is the one that's going to end up going to pay the higher prices. They're going to want the ones that are going to be hurt. So, but so we're talking about some shrinkage. We're talking about some... You know, maybe some of it goes rotten. I mean, a lot of bad stuff can happen. Uh, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> There's nothing, I mean, there's no easy way to store millions of pounds of, of anything. Is, is most of the uh, access to the barges and the rivers, is it rail and, and truck, or is it, i got to believe you, you and I would really, if we have one of these big trucks that we haul grain, we'll, we'll be rooting for a strike, right? Or we're probably busy no, anyway. Nobody's ever rooting for that because that means probably a month without pay or two months without pay. Yeah, well, 
I mean, I was, uh, anyway, our, our guy says that it's mostly work rules, and we talk a lot on the show regarding the the, the, the CPI and uh, and how it's it's been, in my opinion, an opinion of a lot of people on the show, it's been totally flawed for 20 years because of the way health care has been ignored. Uh, but when you look at this this price on the, essentially they're, they're saying these railroad workers, meaning conductors and uh, engineers and so forth, mostly engineers, are going to go from 135,000 to 165 total package. Well, they said no to the 17% raise, so <laughs> I think they're looking for more than that. Well, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It, 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 in their mind, according to my sources, it has nothing to do with uh, the money. Well, something to do with the money, because the in the meantime, as these guys have laid off, and I, and I think, Greg, I mean, if you take it from the from the start, they don't want to. They don't. They don't. They or nobody really wants to pay the new hospitalization costs for anybody. So you end up squeezing the hell out of your workers, right? Matter of fact, everybody who's an engineer, I mean, uh, my source told me this, and I confirmed it last night in an article. I sent it to you. Uh, every every one of these guys is on call 24-7. You literally can't go out You can't go out to the bar because you'll happily call your this ass. This is how I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Private industry dominates uh, the railroads now, whether it be Warren Buffett or whoever, whatever private equity, uh, they're going to act exactly like those companies definitely act. And so they're going to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until they can't squeeze anymore. And I think the same thing's going to happen probably in, you know, five or ten years or whatever with uh, with gasoline and, and with uh, other, you know, highly regulated things that, that people like uh, private equity have started to really take over well i think uh despite what everybody your your normal instincts might tell you i don't think there's any comparison between the concentration in the railroad industry and in the oil industry i mean oil there's all kinds of there are people that distribute there's all kinds of independent refineries maybe not as many as there used to be but there's only what five railroads i mean come on it's it's a total in, in every in every section of the country they are they are pretty much a monopoly, right? I mean, if you're coming from L.A. to here, there might be a couple people that that'll you know there might be two people competing, two or three, but it's not ten. I mean, you can name no, them for God's sake. Definitely not. You got you got the Burlington Northern, which is Born Buffett's. You got, you got the there's only what five ways. Union Pacific Canadian. Well, you got the um, Union Pacific, which which is now bought the Southern Pacific. And the Burlington Northern bought the Santa Fe, and I'm not sh- I'm not sure who goes through the Moffat Tunnel. I don't know who that is. It's got to be one of them. So there, there's essentially two railroads west, right? And there's two east. There's a, there's a Chess- Chessie and the Norfolk and Southern. Then you've got the IC and the Kansas City uh, was it Kansas City Southern or Central or whatever, and they just got bought. Both of them were bought by the, yeah. Both of them got by, got bought by the Canadian Pacific, right? So you essentially have five yeah. railroads. Which is not a lot. I mean, yeah, I'll believe that they're they'll. I'll believe it when their stock starts going down. I mean, and it's not. Well, so they're going to keep squeezing. Well, two things. One is 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 if you go through the the pricing, the raises and stuff, they don't anywhere near match inflation for the last five years. So that's one thing. But so say they did, the big bitch basically are these work rules, because they don't want to pay hospitalization for people. They've squeezed the amount of people. Down. I mean, it, this is the weirdest part about, uh, you know, when you when you're in the business and you got 
as Duke Chapman used to say, the chairman of the CBOE, you got water on both shoulders. I mean, as an investor and as somebody who manages people's money, when when uh, when they lay off a bunch of people, okay, and the stack goes up, I mean, I guess I'm a cheerleader, right, for my clients. But I also know that it, if <laughs> wherever it is, it could be Ceres Cafe. If you guys lay, lay off four people out of ten, what you've really done is is lower the wage for the other six, right? Because now they got to do four more people's work. Or where am I wrong here? So, so or there's just less work. Or, or, or there could be just less work, but that's not that's not happening in the railroads. So you've had you've had you've had less and less people over a period of time, and, they, and, the, and the coverage of it is we can always uh, well we can always call you in if we have to, because overtime is a lot cheaper than having another person because of the way this hospitalization part and medical expenses have entered the economy, where companies are forced to pay this. When I say forced, it's better for them to pay it because they can deduct it and people can't, which is the most insane thing ever. I mean, it's all, right? I mean, it's it, whoever decided that a company can deduct your hospitalization, but you can't, I mean, it, that, that, that's right. insane that's from day one. That's <laughs> kind of, uh, it's, you'd, you'd want the company, you know, to have that if you can't, but mm. why can't you is the real question. Yeah. Right, so we, you got you got thirty seconds. Are you a buyer on Beak's report today or no? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm uh, completely flat right now. So if it if it dips maybe a dollar, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll buy. But otherwise, I'm I'm just kind of, uh, you know, premium seller. Well, you're you're lurking on the sidelines. You're a good lurker. Lurking on the sidelines. Well, that's all right. Well, feel better, bud. I'll see you this week. I hope. SP Fuse up 19, NASDAQ Fuse up 68. We're trying to keep this rally going. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, 
Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up uh, 1975, NASDAQ Futures up 65. We've had a pretty serious rally for the last few days, Dow up 88. Again, a lot of this is uh, uh, seemingly coming from no one believing the Fed. They're going to hang in there and seems to be what the Fed says they're going to do and what they actually do. And people are, are privy to this information. I just wish I was one of them, I guess. Well, actually, you know what? I'd have trouble with that because then I'd, I'd be what I'd become what I detest, Matt. Which I, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, in Europe, we got the Dax up 195, one and a half percent. FTSE up 96, 1.3 percent. Kick around up 79, 1.3 percent. So the Queen dies and the FTSE goes up for three days. Is, is that anything connection there? Mm. I don't know about that. But <laughs> if I was a Queen, I don't know if I'd be real happy about that. No. Nikkei up 327, 1.2 percent. Shanghai up 26.8 percent. Get a load of this. Hang Seng up. Uh, Actually, no, these guys were, wait a whoa, whoa, whoa. These guys, they, Shanghai and Hang Seng are, not, are closed today. But the Nikkei is up. The last trade on those guys was Friday. So, and the one you want to watch today is, is the Nikkei is up 327. It's 1.2%. Not sure why they are closed. It must be some kind of holiday. Uh, Friday, Dow was up 377. S&P up 61. NASDAQ up 250, over 2%. So, Friday was a big up day. Uh, bonds, 10-year down 3 basis points, 3.29. A uh, button down 4 basis points, 1.66. Uh, somebody over in Europe said that the uh, they don't think they're going to have as big a uh, move up in the, in the interest rates next time. So they're already talking over there, too. I I like the idea. You know, man, can we go back to the time where they talked less and gave us more numbers? We could look for it ourselves. I'm just, it's a better world, I think. I think so. Oil up 47 cents, 87.27. Went up 70 cents, 93.54. Natural gas up 8 cents, 8.07. Our Bob up a penny, two. F- 244 finally got gas under four dollars a gallon yesterday in the south side mm. first time in a while gold up 10 bucks 1738 silver up 47 cents 1924 uh, copper up two cents 358 somebody came out and uh, uh, said uh, that uh, GOLD which is Barrick gold uh, no actually it's, it's Newmont that was a, was a buy so GOLD is up 28 cents it's almost two percent uh, first uptick in one of those things in a while uh, crypto We've got uh, up 668, 22,276. Every time this Bitcoin gets down around 19,000, somebody's a buyer. I don't know if it's the market, it's the Fed, but it's somebody. Uh, Ethereum, Ethereum, 
is down 860 to 1754. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, we've got it 101. So the euro dollar has rallied from 0.99 to 101 in the last three days. So mm. dollar's uh, gotten a lot weaker. Uh, what do you have for us, traffic weather sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 6.37 a.m. on Monday, September 12th. 2022. Looks like you start with some accidents. Uh, a stalled semi on southbound on the Stevenson blocking the right lane at Lamont Road, exit 271. As well as that, uh, south of the Stevenson, there's a structure fire. Uh, not exactly known what structure yet, but it's uh, south of Stevenson, uh, west 41st Street at South Pulaski Road. So we'll look more into that, see if we can find more information. Something's burning out there, Chief. Uh, so we'll look into that. Well, uh, what it is ain't exactly clear. What Word, yeah, that's that's what they're giving me. West 41st Street at Pul- South Pulaski Road. I'm assuming in the intersection of some kind. It's probably right underneath it. Or yeah, close I guess. To it. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, traffic so far looking good in the early hour, though. Traffic starting up on the eastbound as well as the Eisenhower and the Kennedy, uh, as well as northbound on the Stevenson uh, after South Central Avenue. Now for weather in Chicago, it's currently cloudy, uh, 57 degrees, a high of 63 and a low of 57. Sunrise occurred at 628 this morning. In Phoenix, though, mostly cloudy skies, currently 76 degrees, a high of 97 and a low of 76. In sports, the NFL yesterday, Bears win their first game of the season yesterday against San Francisco 49ers, 19-11. Green Bay loses to Minnesota Vikings, 23-7. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs lose at home against San Francisco, 4-2. White Sox lose 10-3 against Oakland Athletics. The Diamondbacks win against Colorado Rockies 12-2-6. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Uh, tomorrow we have the core CPI coming out, so obviously we're anticipating or front-running front that number today because it sure appears that somebody's, somebody seems to think they have it. Hmm. Anyway, do we have Mr. Flanagan, or is he still flooded in his basement? No, I'm here, Tom, on dry ground. <laughs> oh, God. So evidently your area was reported to the police and your alderman and everybody else came out yesterday and said that your area on the north side was got so much rain that everything sort of backed up. Yeah, it was a, a band. I was looking at it on the uh, reports of flooded basements last night. It was a pretty narrow band, but you know, we got 4.9 inches here um, and 4 inches in an hour and another 0.9 inches you know, for the rest of the day. I've never had a rain like that before. Luckily, we only got about four inches in the basement, so, so it's we worse, you know, flooding in the basement with smaller rains in the past. So I think they've, they've improved the sewer systems around here somewhat. So, well, they put the because uh, we we had that problem all the time in our area. I mean, it's disgusting. But because uh, uh, this is we're talking <laughs> for those that don't know, some of the old cities, Chicago included, your storm system is the same as the sewer system. Which of course the new cities don't none, none of none are built that way, uh, but the uh, so what happens is is if you know it's all it's all gravity, and what happens is when the the, the river gets up higher than the because the, the the last last bastion of where to put it is in the river, uh, if either can happen that the, the stuff in your street backs up on the on the sewers out in the street so much that it'll actually force the water up into your basement. Or if the or if the river gets higher than some areas, some basements, it's going to come that way. And water always seeks its own level, correct? I mean, it's right. uh, it's not this is not brain surgery. Uh, anyway, so they they put these things in the in the street about 20 years ago, John. Right after, kind of before I moved in, right after I moved in the neighborhood, were storm blockers. Were actually, if you go down the street, you'll see a, a you know a sewer co- a manhole cover, whatever the sewer system, and you'll see the water. Not going down. 
Yeah. It just sits there. What happens? They they won't. There's a there's actually a valve that won't let any more come in. Now the problem there is if the street gets really flooded, and you happen to be the lowest house on the street, it's liable to pile into like the window of your garden apartment or, or the door downstairs. But at least that's, you know, it's it's not clean, but it's it's rainwater. It's not it's not sewer water, because the stuff that comes up is a combination of everything. Correct. Yeah. Well, they fixed the problem around here. I'm about four blocks from the north branch of the river, and it was right near the river. There's been flooding traditionally and much less rain you know, than we got yesterday. But they built a tunnel under Foster Avenue that picks up the runoff from the river and takes it over east to the North Shore Channel that runs up to Wilmette Harbor. Uh, and that seems to have kept those neighborhoods drier. That's been in place about two years now. It was a big construction project, but... I think that's that's helped quite a bit to people who live near the river up here. Um, well, yeah, because because if the river gets higher, it. Uh, oh man, it's just. Uh, I don't know. Did they have to open up the locks just there? They don't like to tell you that. Yeah, they don't like to tell you that, and I, I didn't see that on any of the weather reports last night or online, and it might be something they don't really want to publicize because they know they'll get endless grief about it. Well, if you look at the. History of Chicago, other than other than the politics, right, <laughs> and, and the manufacturing and all the other stuff, the, his, the history of Chicago is really the history of water management, right, Jen? It's it's a it's a very unusual topographical area because uh, it's 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 some kind of a there's a certain amount of uh, you know black dirt, then and then there's a clay foundation, and then there's bedrock. So I think, John, from rereading these, they're fascinating reads. Uh, the first two inches of rainwater is like 95% absorbed by the ground. The next two inches, like 95% of it runs. Because you get down to the clay and it's sad and it just goes. And uh, so you end up with, when you have a big storm, they, I mean, they used to have massive problems with the river. And, and if they started this deep tunnel project, I'm going to say we were in high school. Yeah. Talk about... If you were the Kenny Brothers, you've been working on that for, what, three generations? Right. And finally, it's supposed to be done, right? Yeah, and it fills up almost instantaneously now. Well, well, <laughs> the, well, the, well the, big, the problem was is that the tunnel system would fill up, but they didn't, they didn't have a, a massive reservoir. Right. So I think they ended up using the McCook Quarry, didn't they? Yeah. So you, I mean, it's not just the tunnels to get it somewhere. The question is where. Because <laughs> the idea is... That you'll that in, in times of flood, instead of putting in a secondary sewer system to separate the storm water from the other stuff, which would be way too expensive, they decided this deep tunnel system. So they would divert water from the sewer system into this tunnel system. The idea was there'd be a massive reservoir where you could pour all this water, and then when it, when it, like today, now you start to treat it, and eventually you treat it all and put it back in the river, right? right. And that, that's the that's the mentality of it. But uh, I talk about the world's biggest. It's got to be one of the world. It's got to be the longest running public works project in history, isn't it? Yeah, and it's you know it's underground, so it isn't like people can go and you know they can't sell tickets to watch it being built or anything. They do do tours. I mean, I, yeah, there's not enough for the public, I don't think. But but it's the sort of thing that happened really under everybody's radar. Well, yeah, but you also want to be God. If you were in Kenny Construction, you've been you've been. <laughs> didn't one guy end up being uh, the ambassador to Ireland? Train, yeah. Well, he ended up being the ambassador to Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. God. Anyway, the uh, it's you, you couldn't write fiction like this, Jenna. Uh, no. All right. So what, what do you make? Sam Insel look kind of 
you know, like a, a biker, really. You know, the guy with, found a Commonwealth Edison, but you know, these people today, they do they do it you know, underground, and they they do it bigger. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you've had it happen, where you all of a sudden you hear, see all this rain, all of a sudden this stuff just bubbles up in your basement. You don't even realize how, how screwed up it is. Right. I mean, it, the, the only thing more exciting than watching it coming up is how fast it goes down as soon as the tide turns in the other direction. Man, it's like a <laughs> section you I'm pulling it out. So. Well, you know what they used to use on the south side? My grandfather had one. Remember those standpipes? Oh, yeah, we had them in all, in all of our houses. And often they, you'd take them out because they were always bumping into them. And, the, boy, we try to put them in fast when the water started coming up. But the, yeah, I wish I could do that here, but we don't have the couplings on the you know, the vents that go into the floors. They're, they're not threaded, so you can't put a standpipe in. But that, w- that would have solved the problem yesterday. For those that don't know what, what, don't know what we're talking about, if you have a drain in your, your basement floor, okay, they would thread the drain, and you'd actually put this big pipe, it was maybe four inches in diameter, and you'd screw it into the drain, and the thing would be like five feet high. You'd say, why the hell would you do that? Well, the, the five feet further up means that, the, you know, the water from the street now, you're probably level, so you're not going to get any. Yep. But if you finish and your basement and have, like, tubs and showers and stuff down there, you're just screwed. Yeah, because they come right up to the wash tubs. I've seen yeah. that happen. Well, yeah, then, but then you're two feet higher. But right. it has to be pretty bad to come up for the wash tubs. Plus, it has to be even worse to overflow them. That's another two feet. Right? So, But it does happen. So we, the bottom line is we put, a, we put in a backflow thing in our place. It's like 11000 bucks. A lot of dough. Well, I thought about doing that here, too, and I had a quote from you know, from a guy to do it. But that's where it's like a one-way trap where it keeps the water coming from the street from getting into your basement system. So I've, I've never done that. But By the way, I got a guy. My first quote was seventeen grand, and I got another guy to do it for eleven. of course, cash. Imagine that. Imagine that. Uh, but yeah, it was... Major like, excavation things to dig in. Yeah. You know what they did? They showed up with the biggest Irish dude I've ever seen, and he did it all himself. I just got in, he kept digging, he kept flipping the stuff out of there, and four hours later he was done. That was huge. <laughs> He's drinking a beer while he was doing it. I'm like, this is this is just swell. <laughs> you can't, you can't beat fun. One beer, I'm sure, oh, you can't beat fun at the old ballpark. I mean, just like, <laughs> anyway, what do you what do you make of this railroad strike? Oh, by the way, I have to re- I have to report every weekend. I don't have to, but I do anyway. Um, just as everybody will tell you how great everything's doing, this this savings per family goes down. Maybe a hundred dollars every two days. So that's what is that? Uh, there's eighty million families in this country. So that's eight billion dollars a day, or uh, every two days, coming out of the savings for people. And credit card debt's going up. So how's everybody doing? It's just pretty clear they're they're not making it. No, and it's uh. Anyway, what do you make of this, this railroad strike? And uh, my uh, I actually have somebody uh. Uh, acquaintance, um, although he he keeps threatening to tell me he's going to take me for a ride in a locomotive, but I, I haven't done it yet. He hasn't done it yet. Well, I'd love to do that, John. Just getting one and drive around. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it would have to be a you know just a, a locomotive. They're, they're moving from one yard to another. They're not going to put me in the head of a train or anything like that. But still, that'd be awful neat. Scooting around some and going from you know one one freight yard to the other. I'd, I'd just be happy in a regular old locomotive, just riding the thing. Anyway, uh, but he claims it's almost all about work rules. That this twenty four seven has people just totally pissed off. You have no family life. You can't do anything. You can't go on vacation. You can't do anything. Well, I guess you still probably get a vacation at some point. But I mean, so you're you're on call all the time. Well, I had a friend who's uh, got this job for the railroad, and uh, 
God, Jen, the, the job sure seemed like it sucked to me. You, you ever drive along and you see like a kind of a locomotive like at the, at the head of a train where the train's just like parked somewhere like at, you know, 65th near the Ryan or something? And you sit there and go, where is everybody? I mean, how do you, where, you, where do you get the guy out there to start up that locomotive? Where her job was to drive all these guys, either to pick them up when they, you know, they left the train there or left the locomotive and they were driving back at like 2.30 in the morning. You have to drive this guy back out to this locomotive in this horrible neighborhood. That was her job. And she was on call 24 hours a day. And she said some of these guys are kind of weird, not to mention the neighborhoods are awful. And uh, that w- that's what she did. And she said she hated it. <laughs> Wasn't paid all that much. I mean, I don't even know what that job is. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> I think she had to use her own car, which is even more bizarre. Um, but so, I mean, they've been, they've been laying people off as much as they can from a thousands and thousands of workers. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you're, you, it, it's all, it's work rules that are the problem. You know, I, it's not the, the wages I think they can deal with. Well, the, the, the fed of course <laughs> takes, there's a mediation process in railroad, right? <clears throat> so they took the, the, the share of the owners and the, or not the share the bids of the owners and the, and the, Labor the union basically sliced it down the middle. Duh, you know. So the package is going to go from 135 to 165. I actually have it. Um, I think I have it dollar by dollar here. But but it, since they haven't had a contract in a, in at least a couple of years, three uh, years I think. Three years. So if you take three years ago, it expi- over three years ago, it expired. So. Yeah. So if you take that that so the 14 percent raise they're getting right out of the gate. Is really five percent a year for the last three years? They haven't got anything, so I'm going to say that's that doesn't even that doesn't even match inflation, right? I mean, right. so then they get what a thousand dollars a year bonus, and then something going forward. I think it's fourteen percent for the next three years. So let, let let's say the you know let's say that's you're not getting anywhere, but let's say it's fair, it keeps you even, which it really doesn't, but close to even. Now you're back to the work rules. Well, they don't want to back off. I know it's going to be person you hire. Now you're picking up. I mean, what's the hospitalization got to be two grand a month? You know, easy. Uh, so they don't want to do that, and so that that's part of the. I mean, the 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 pay package is like a hundred, and all in is one thirty five. So that's really. So you're talking, you know, these these benefit packages. Just hospitalization is pushing thirty grand a year, right, Jen? Oh yeah. Any kind of disability, you're up to thirty five. So you know, to hire somebody now before you even pay them, it costs you thirty-five grand. So the object is, <clears throat> on their part, is to minimize the thing. But the idea, um, John, we, we talked earlier. What, what do you think in general about an, an industry that only has really one player? I mean, you could you can make the the claim, and I'd probably debate you. You could make the claim that there's some competition in railroads. I'm going to say that the Union Pacific. In the Burlington, probably both have access into, say, Long Beach. I'm not positive about that, but I'm, I'm guessing they both have access to L.A. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that there's got to be a, a, South, a Southern Pacific spur in there, and, and there's got to be a Santa Fe spur in there, right? So there's some competition there, but wh- where's the competition in the oil fields and in Minnesota. There used to be the Great Northern, the uh, Northern Pacific, and the Northwestern. I think there were three lines up there. They're all they're all they're all Chicago, Burlington, Burlington Northern now, aren't they? Yeah. So there's, well, there's one railroad. Pacific, 
we have in the office actually a huge railroad map. Once you start going west, there's only there's only four of them. Well, I guess you got to count the one through Denver now. Now, I mean, since they, since they built the Moffat Tunnel. Before that, there were only four, right? Yeah. Well, cause when I say four, the ones up north used the same pass, didn't they? The yeah. great, great Northern and Northern Pacific used the same the same pass through the Sierras or the Rockies, whatever wherever it was. So it really came down to there were only there was only four real intercontinental railroads going west, and they were given twenty percent of all the property in the U.S. to build those railroads. For those that don't know the history of this, if you if you made made an application for a railroad. I think I asked this before, Jan. What's the, what's the first one out of Chicago? Was it the Galena one? Yeah. Yeah. Is it what silver mines up there, right? Yeah. So I mean, a lot of they would start points beyond Chicago to come into Chicago. It wasn't like they built out from Chicago. No. It was sort of interesting development. And they, but the, the, but the idea was that you you would get a certain amount of property on each side of the line that you could sell for construction. Oh, sell it to who, of course, is a big question. But, matter of fact, the the reason why the Chicago area is a grid system <coughs> is because of the I&M Canal, right, Jen? Yeah, and, you know, the rectangular measurement thing, but the, the, the canal was sort of violated that rectangular system um, at the time because, you know, it's a diagonal shape <laughs> to give the government the, you know, a, a big slice of land in which to build a canal. Um, so that's why you still see, like, Section lines that don't quite line up, you know, all over the city because these were surveyed at different times. That the canal lands were surveyed, you know, at a different time from the land on either side of them, um, and it, it sort of makes for some very untidy meetups. But it's it's a fascinating, you know, example of, of just how you know important all these routes of transportation were, and the, the railroads tended to follow the canals too. As, as oh, sure. There's one on each side. Yeah, well, what I'm, I get, what I'm saying is the the people who built the canal were given every other square mile in the city of Chicago. Yeah, and uh, okay. of course, who do you sell it to? There's nobody here, but I guess there were a few people, mostly Indians, right? Yeah. So they they sold it and built the canal. But that's what happened to the railroads. They would get, depending on the the area you you were, John was. Uh, would you get twenty miles, fifty miles on each side of the track or something? Yeah, it was generous. Yeah, it was generous. No, but then there's nobody there, and then, and then because near the end, I don't know, I don't know how this all because I was still trading. I, I mean, I, when I was trading early on, there still was there was the Burlington Northern Railroad, and then there was the Burlington Resources because they had split off the, the mineral rights to all the property that they had gotten to build the railroad. And they said, "Why would we keep these in the same company?" They split those off. So obviously, somewhere out west, he had gold and silver and God knows what else, on the property that you had gotten from the government. The latest example of that is uh, the fracking that goes on in uh, in West Texas. What is that? The, uh, per- that the per- is that the Permian? That's a Permian, right? Yeah. Um, there, there's a railroad, or was a railroad, or, or there never was a railroad. Uh, these guys got commissioned to do uh, the Fort, Fort Worth and Pacific Railroad. And so they started out, they couldn't have done five miles, John. They said, screw it, we're not building this railroad. But they ended, they, they kept the property. 
And the property was in this, I mean, West Texas. I've never been there, but evidently it's, there's nothing there but jackrabbits and snakes, right? And uh, nobody wants to be there. So the, the, the land just lied there in the trust for this railroad. And people that owned it owned the, the land. Nobody wanted it. They couldn't sell it. All of a sudden, they start doing the fracking. I think those that that trust was worth a fortune because they get a big slice. Not a well, they get some kind of slice of all the oil that's pulled out of quote their property <laughs> was given to them by the government. <laughs> I mean, it, but, but but even you, you look in cities and you sit there and go, you know, why don't we have a whole lot of <clears throat> byways and expressways and bike trails, which we do have some, the rails, the trail stuff. But all this, all this money was, all this stuff was given to these people, and you would think that the government at any at any time or any okay, okay, guys, we're giving you, we don't even know why yet. We, we don't know what fiber optics are. We don't know what telephone lines are. We don't know about any of that stuff. Well, they had tel- telegraph, right? But uh, we don't know any of that stuff. We're giving you twenty miles on each side of this thing. Feel free to sell up to like nineteen, because we don't know why. But these right-of-ways are going to be very important someday, and you can't give away the whole thing or sell the whole thing, even though because we, we just gave it to you, and we, we, we were we're liable to take back some rights for like at least a mile, you know, whenever we feel like it for the next thousand years. We don't know why. We don't know if it's going to be for roads or for whatever for phone lines. Even though we don't know what a phone is, you would think that you would, you wouldn't just be able to sell this, and all of a sudden. How would you ever get this, this back, John? How would you ever get a right-of-way back, for God's sake? Oh, no. These things, they become so entrenched. I mean, you can see it even the way expressways developed in any city, certainly in Chicago. They followed the railroad routes, which were you know there for a reason. They came in the way they did because those were the easiest routes to get to, to where the, you know, the, the lumber was or the grain or whatever else. And they just ate them. The Kennedy Expressway just follows the Northwestern pretty yeah. slavishly for most of its length. And Dan Ryan, you know, parallels the Rock Island and the New York Central and um, the Eisenhower, the Burlington, and all, all these. It's it's not accidental, and they they clung to them because this had already kind of cleared a lot of the land around it. It had you know, changed the real estate values in a way that made, well, we might, might as well just enlarge the space. We'll put it in an expressway there. And, and this is kind of, you know, it, it really carved in stone how things would develop and what neighborhoods would prosper at the expense of what other neighborhoods. Well, if you ever have the incredible pleasure of driving west, I mean, we used to do it for skiing, but I've been for whatever reason. <laughs> if you're a trucker, you know why you're going, you're hauling stuff. If you take I-80 west, you're, you're right next to the, the uh, Union Pacific, the original Union Pacific line that, that uh, United America, and uh, and, and it's and I, I think John, I read that w- that was all done by Colonel Dodge and his surveyors in the 1860s, right? Yeah. And it was all done by you know on a horse, dodging arrows from the Indians, and and re- and you built this thing. I-80 was done when you had you had I don't want to say satellite photos, but you certainly had photos from planes and everything else. And other than a, other than a couple of spots, they're within the same mile of each other. Right, and you, you, you can see they couldn't have built I-80 if they didn't have a train line nearby just to get stuff there. So it's, it's, it's not accidental. It makes perfect sense, really, that, that these arterial routes, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of conveyances are on them, they all sort of go the same way now. Well, they got to hand it to the trailblazers. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they're, they're surveying, as the word to put this road, was pretty much came out the exact same as when you had satellites doing it for right. you. Right. 
Right. You know, it was just as strategically chosen and as carefully, you know, and accurately laid out as you as you can do today for the instruments they had. It was pretty darn good. Well, and you and with it, and you used the same method. You essentially strip and cover. If you yeah. got a if you got a hill in a valley, you scrape the top of the hill off and dump it in the valley, and all of a sudden it's flat, right? <laughs> I mean, it's essentially. Voila, right. Anyway, S and P futures. Up 23, Nasdaq if he was up 83. I think we're, we're leaning towards a good number here, John. Let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back. Plus, uh, all I've been doing, I've been getting all kinds of people writing me about this new uh, this new act of uh, the Senate that's going to go in, or the, the Illinois, this what, the Safety Act or something? This thing's, this thing's kind of brutal. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. 
Then bottle of your best champagne and put it on my bill. Very well, sir. Captain, please. Oh, please, monsieur. It is a little game we play. They put it on the bill, I tear up the bill. It is very convenient. I like the way sparkling earrings lay. Lauren, walk back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Mid burn on the board. SB Futures up 22. Uh, NASDAQ Futures up 76. <clears throat> We're trying to put a rally again today as we, as we did on Friday. Again, we have the... Uh, Tomorrow, just for a way of uh, just what to expect this week. Uh, today, uh, well, we got the New York Fed three-year inflation ex- expectation. I don't know what the hell that is. But tomorrow, we got consumer pri- uh, price for August. It's supposed to be uh, minus point one is what everybody's projecting. Hmm. Uh, core CPI uh, positive point three. CPI year on year eight percent. If you believe that, I got a bridge for you. Uh, core CPI year over year six percent. I don't, I don't. That's uh, in a federal budget deficit on the month supposed to be minus two hundred twenty billion. So there, producer price index is on Wednesday. Again, a minus point one percent. So they're declaring like this inflation thing over, and that's the that's why you see the people thinking that the Fed is going to pivot and is not going to raise interest rates like they have been saying they would. They've been lying to us for for two years, so I don't see any reason why. People should not continue to think they're going to do that. Let's say lying, is lying too strong of a term, uh, Jen? No. S- saying stuff that doesn't it doesn't turn out to be true. But um, are they really lying when they say it? Well, I guess if it means they're consciously telling a falsehood, yes. <laughs> do you think they are? I, uh, I have to believe they are. Too. <laughs> I I can't believe the opposite. This is this is. Just clueless behavior, but maybe I'm a little more cynical than I should be. Well, let me ask you this: um, Which is worse, in that position, being that clueless or lying to us? Well, on a moral compass, you know, certainly lying is worse. Um, being, being stupid is not necessarily a sin, you know, in, in most religions' book, but. Um, I gotta believe there's culpability in lying when you know this is the opposite, and you're deliberately trying to mislead somebody. I say it's worse. As our buddy uh, Doctor Blade told me one day, when you see a guy like uh, Trump, because hopefully there's not many two guys like Trump, but um, let's say say Trump, <laughs> he says if you gave him a lie detector test, it would be a straight line. He would he wouldn't even know he was he, if he said it. It must be true. He has no. No even uh, <coughs> determination that he's telling a lie or not. Totally amoral. Well, then you look at Biden, who says one thing one day and the next day he forgot he said it and yeah. said the opposite. Oh, yeah. He keeps well. doing this back and forth about you know, uh, you know, the, the MAGA crowd. I, I, is that, that might be dementia. I guess that's in a completely separate category. So. Well, the it's thing still bad for business, though, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, but we're, we're in, we're in a, a real, real world of hurt. That if you if the minute you talk about, you know, Trump didn't know the truth, but slapped him upside the head, and the next thing out of somebody's mouth, well, Biden's like just as bad. The boy, oh boy, well, how we how we got either one of them? Well, but you know, it's always relative, Tom. You know, you're always looking at what you what you had or what you thought you got and what you didn't get, and, and it's always in comparison to somebody, you know, something um, that you know you've got in your memory somehow. Yeah, but uh, you, you, that's, you, that's, that's the way politics has always been. You, you never, of course, strive very hard or, or try very hard for 
for you know anything beyond that curve because you're always saddled by the what's happened just in the immediate past. It's always been like that, though. Well, I mean, you would hope, though, is uh, some people have a different view of the world. I know my mom did when when Bush was running against Kerry. Just as it, with 300 million people, how is it we have two C students that both lay naked in a coffin looking up at dead animals running for president? Yeah, it looks, is that the best we can do? And she's like, is that the best we can do? <laughs> yeah, is it, 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 you know, so okay, I'm going to say, well, he doesn't, but I'm going to well, who knows, we, what it'll end up with. I'm going to say uh, Trump had uh, three felonies. And you're going to say, well, Biden's got four, so Biden's world. Why do we have anybody in that office with any felonies is, is really the question, right? It's not which one's worse. But you, you, what, what's now changed, Tom, is you've got this, this you know, Trump was trumpeting about Hillary, lock her up, lock her up. He never took any action against her, and he, he could never have gotten very far with it, given the FBI and, and the attorney, General's, attorney General he had surrounding him. But now you've got this vendetta against anything associated with um, the former administration, and it's turned into this witch hunt that I, I just can't imagine people uh, on either side are stomaching it or imagining how it could bode well for the, you know, when the winds shift at some point to the other party. We don't want this kind of this ferreting out people. To, you know, Trump couldn't get an attorney now to represent him who could beat some witch hunt to get that person disbarred if his life depended on it. And you should always be able to get counsel. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer had lawyers. Um, you know, John Janet, Gacy had lawyers. Janet, a, significant, a significant part of the population right now thinks, and uh, by the way, I, I'm with you on this, I don't care who you are, Tilda Hunt deserves a lawyer. Uh, you know, that, that's the American way. But you know what? These people, the, the current Americans, a lot of them don't believe in the American way. No, they, they think they I mean, think that if we're, we're just swimming upstream by having this conversation, I'll tell you. Well, if if Matt Byrne, which he never would do, if, if Matt Byrne shot ten people, he, he he deserves an attorney to prove that he was insane or something to get you know. He needs a defense. There's people who would say if you defend him, you're you're, you're something wrong with you. He's supposed to have a defense. That that's the American way. Well, you know, there's this bunch now. This was the '65 group. It's a wing of the American Bar Association. And all they do is target anybody who's got a law license who is associated with anybody connected to Trump. And they're going after these people's licenses, their livelihood, because of the clients they have. Now, you, you tell me you can't, you, how, how, that, how that can happen and how nobody is complaining about it and, and what that bodes for you and me. You know, if uh, all of a sudden we, we're I don't, on the, I don't on the think wrong a lot, some question and we can't get a lawyer. I don't think a lot of people believe in, in in the sanctity of the American way, and I, I, I really do. I mean, I I think we're, we're the, the British before us and us were the, were the there aren't very many people in the world that have this going for them. It is I don't, I don't think, maybe it's their lack of history they don't have any idea of what an aberration the, the I'm going to say the, the uh, Anglo-American legal system and stuff is compared to anywhere else. And what it's you know sacred people should should hold it you know and and they don't and I I don't get it they obviously they obviously don't know how the rest of the world lives or or something well, and they're 
they have you know total disregard for any concept of fairness. Yeah. In so in so many ways, and and it's all about you know it's it's the the ultimate victory of where is mine. You know, what I want to prevail and at whatever expense on somebody else's side of the balance sheet, I don't care about. Not my problem. Who cares about those people anyway? This is the kind of rhetoric that, that you now see with you know newscasters interviewing people. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe the stuff that they insinuate. And the questions they ask, and and the, the the way they just let this stuff hang in the air, in the, the Sunday morning shows. Well, I have such I, an agenda. A totalitarian state, like I never would have conceived possible. Then. Well, I, I, but you know, I, everything has. From my old physics at Marist, everything has an equal and opposite reaction. If people refuse to pay for news, they get what they get. Now that that doesn't mean I'm not one of these guys. Oh, we'd, we'd stop all. You know, all all shootings. If there was, if there was better schools, well, I, I guess, but that that's no solution. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it maybe over the long term haul of the world, yes, we would like better schools and better this and better education and everybody having a lunch. And I get all that, but, but it, it's no solution. It's it's kind of a lean back in your rocking chair and pontification. There's a difference between a pontification and a solution, right? Oh yeah. Um, so, but you know, this this whole idea of prosecutorial. I don't think there's ever any doubt. That's why, I mean, every lawyer will tell you, you just never want to be in the system. Where Hillary, clearly, the Clintons, in order to get money, campaign money and whatever, at least appears clear to me, uh, went, you're not supposed to take, get political do- donations from foreign groups, correct? Isn't that the story? Yep. I, I, okay, so you, you form a foundation, and God knows what you're doing. You're supposedly you know, giving water to Kenyans or something, I don't know probably need water. It's probably a noble thing. Well, okay, you put everybody on salary at the foundation, and that's that's and the foundation gives political contributions to the person running. I mean, I'm sure there's there's you know how many fat people can dance on the head of a pin story going on there, but so you pull it off that way. Now you're sitting there going, even even if if you're the Republican, you sit there and go, what the hell? I mean. Obviously, this this is against, for sure, the spirit of the law, and probably not right. And by the way, I don't like Hillary either, which I don't. And uh, I could go down that road, and I could spend whatever state you're in, just like when they went after Rod Bogoyevich. On one hand, okay, we're cool, we put Rod in jail. On the other hand is, what, what percentage of the budget of the, the U.S. attorney at the time was spent on Blago rather than banks and people stealing money from banks, internets, and all that? What you know, other other kind of stuff, other kind of dastardly deeds. What he spent seventy percent, sixty percent, eighty percent of his whole budget chasing down Blago. Yeah. Well, if you if you if you jog next to the guy in the street, you'd never feel afraid, would you? No. Uh, and gave a pass to Jay Pritzker. Yeah. Who was right yeah. in there with Blago. Anything Blago did, Pritzker was doing but, something about as bad. But these guys have. Let me say, it's all about limited budgets. It's all about how you treat them. I mean, what's her name? Uh, Instead of getting spanked, she ended up going to jail. Martha Stewart, because because okay, she because she was pompous to the to the, to, the, to the FBI, and they didn't like her, so they they pursued it, right? So it all has to do with whether or not. So yeah, th- could they have gone after Hillary? And after four years of constant back and forth, back and forth, could they maybe have found something that, that they couldn't cover their tracks? And maybe, maybe, maybe even probably. But now, but now you go around to Trump, and Trump is. He's the absolute worst enemy. He, he fights back when he should. Instead of being cooperative, I'm reading stories about how when they when they showed up at Mar-a-Lago, 
there's, there's like classified documents scattered next to magazines with his picture. I don't. Well, know. that was that was their photo op. Tom, that was all staged. But I mean, the dude, the dude is sloppy, right? Yeah, he, but, but you know, would, would they ever raid Hillary for scrubbing thirty thousand emails that just, were under subpoena? I'm just saying. No, that, of course the, not. I'm yeah. just saying the dude. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that we, we don't have a justice system that is fair and equal, you know, e- equally disturbed by what high-profile public hence, officials hence the word, away with. Hence the phrase, prosecutorial discretion. It, well, it's beyond that to me. It's, it's corruption. Well, okay, but what, it's, why, why, it's bribery. Why, it's handshake. But how many, how, many, it, how many guys? I mean, it's it, an agreement know, not to prosecute, Tom, and, and, it, and it's not something that's written down or anything else. It's, it's not just discretion because there's, there's gradations in that that you know, you, sometimes you, you shake your head that anybody could see it any differently than you or I would. But, but this is a, a question. Do they have any willingness to prosecute? But we, but we also, people do. by the way, clearly you, they don't. People like Hunter Biden... If you, if you or I were doing that at that kind of level, do you think we would be walking around free? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Jan, oh. for, for whatever reason, on both sides of the aisle, they've decided, since I think they're they're all sort of in it, in some way or another, somebody's kid or whatever, I think they're, they're not about to go prosecuting what people do outside of this country because the can of worms, they're liable to find. They don't want any part of it, and they don't have the personnel to do it, and, and they have no, and they have no intention of, of running into what they know they're going to run into. But now look what we've bought into, Tom. I mean, how many billions of dollars did Biden give Ukraine yesterday? I, and you can't make me or a lot of people believe that this isn't because of something his son and the rest of the family and God knows who else in well, Washington is. As I had this, it's, it's taxpayer money to protect their business interests. I'm sorry, if, if you can't go after that, then I don't really have any, gonna, any interest in stuff you would go okay, after. Okay, but that's the problem with this prosecutorial stuff. I'm going to say that out of all the money that we give overseas that is stolen back by U.S. people, half are Democrat and half are Republican. That's just the way you're, you're telling me that, the, that, the, that when we send I, money... I agree, I agree. But right now, it's the, the, whole, the, the high-profile cases and dealing with a presidential candidate, let's not forget that. You know, Trump is going to run, I, I'm convinced. But for another president to, in effect, work as hard as hell with every government agency at, at their fingertips to prevent that from happening. Is, is, that's, that's, that Watergate well, you can't, you can't give not a, even in that same you can't, you can't give them a... First of all, are, are you trying to tell me that, that when Harry Truman left the White House, he, he packed the, the back of, the, of his car with, uh, with classified documents and took off? I mean, I can't believe many people have done that. And it appears, from, from what... I mean, again, I don't... Neither one of us know the. They've given the guy every opportunity to bring him back. I mean, what is he doing with him? Why, is, why do you even want him? Why, why would anybody want well, the to do that? question that nobody seems to want to address is what, what did he declassify and that the, the, the government doesn't want to come out? You know, the, the government meeting well, is dep- sitting there right now. I think they're more worried about what Trump declassified and that was his right to do. Well, and it hasn't come out yet, and they don't want us to come out. Well, I'm not, so they're, I'm not, they're, they're, they're making up this fish story to me. That well, but whatever, whatever side you're on. I'm sorry, I just don't see it the same way. Well, whatever side you're on, I was having dinner Saturday with uh, uh, one of Audrey's pals who's always say amazingly right. And uh, anyway, she gets on the subject of the January 6th episode and how she watched all the films, and the uh, Antifa was leading the thing, 
and somebody opened the door to the Capitol and, and basically said, come on in. So between Antifa and whoever was on the inside caused this whole mess. And, and, and my point was, I said, you know, I, I haven't watched these things, nor do I want to. I said, but if you're an adult and you're on the sidewalk, you say to yourself, self, I got no business barging into this place. Mm. I mean, whether whether you did it and damaged stuff or it, it, it's it's the same as, you know, the, the guys breaking into Macy's and saying, come on in, the water's fine. Wait, no, wait a minute. I don't belong in Macy's. It's yeah. not my problem. I mean, somewhere along the line here, Jen, p- people on both sides, b- because because of, the reason why you and I are arguing, because of the antics of our elected officials, nobody believes anybody, at least on the other side. Somehow they believe the people on their side, which they shouldn't be doing either. But this whole mess is brought upon by these people. And you and I are arguing because these idiots were idiots. That's the problem. First of all, Tom, Audrey is absolutely right about her read on January 6th. What happened when the, you know, during the Brent Kavanaugh hearings when he had all these crazies banging and pounding on the doors of the Supreme Court to get in, going into the Senate office building, taking over Senate offices? None of those people were arrested. There's no indictments. There's no imprisonment for them. And that was this part of, of an equally obnoxious demonstration. We, we are, I'll tell you, the obnoxious part of January 6th was Antifa, it was the FBI, it wasn't the people who were there to protest what they saw. They, they still had no business in the building, Jan. They had no business. You, you, you couldn't Doesn't matter, Tom. Doesn't but no, matter. nobody could have led you in there, or me. It happened, it happened before with no consequences, is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, but I'm saying... The, the, the media wanted to villainize Kavanaugh at every corner possible, and they did it. And they, 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 they didn't even flinch when okay, people broke I'm, into the Senate and did the same stuff that was happening you could, January 6th. You would not because have... Wo- those people were demonstrating for the approved cause. I don't care if it was George Washington waved you in. You wouldn't have gone in, and neither would I. I'm just saying, well, why prosecute one and not the other? Well, that's... What kind that's, of, what kind of we're on the that? same page with that. Hey, speaking of which, we only have a few minutes. All of a sudden now, the, 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 the sounding about this, uh, this no-bail thing... It, it, Here's what I'm, what I'm uh, hearing, Jen, is that some combination, and it, a lot of it has to do with, oh, God, society in general. My buddies who are defense attorneys of, like, the criminal group uh, say that the new, the new mantra is no camera, no DNA, no charges. Because witnesses are disappearing everywhere. You can't, the, the classical case where you put witnesses up there and say, yeah, I saw, I saw Matt Burns smack that guy. Those people disappear during the trial. And the trial's halfway there, and all of a sudden the, the, uh, the main witness doesn't show up and the person gets let off. And by the way, between COVID and other things, the delays on these trials are, are you know, years, months, years, which they shouldn't be. So we've got this massive mess in the system. So now on top of it, you say, okay, well, since all this stuff has taken two years, why are people that can post bail uh, out freely and people who can't post bail rotting in the jail? Uh, so this weekend, there's one of these... <laughs> it's After one week, me thinking it was a seriously from the right-wing side. The second week, I'm reading the self-cooked news. It is seriously from the right-wing side. Of course, they're, they're talking about all these... You can now with kidnapping and armed robbery and all that stuff. You can just get, get let out even without... You know, I, I don't know if it says that, but I hope it doesn't. But without, we're essentially without a cash bail. Now, and of course, in the middle, there's this huge, there's a picture of like 100 people, all of them, you know, looking like some 
everybody's African American. Uh, everybody looks like an axe murderer. And you know, here's a guy, you know, 15 felonies and killed his mother. And by the way, he'll be out next week. Yeah, my question, Janet, is how many people um, are aggravated battery, uh, kidnapping? How many of those people are are out? I mean, are there, there are there that many? I'll use the term people who can post a bail. I mean, do, do people like you run around and kidnap somebody and merrily post a bail and wander off for two years? I mean. I don't, I don't. I guess I, I'm looking at the, the piece of paper and I'm seeing all these people. That, looking at any one of them, you're, 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 you don't really want one of them sitting next to you on the L. Yet, I don't know. Are there an awful lot of armed robbers that are rich enough to get out on bail? Well, you know the way the bail system works. You can pledge assets. You can pledge property, and of course that's that's the string attached. It guarantees or, or tries to guarantee the attendance of this person, you know, at trial. But if, if they don't show up, then there's a forfeiture of that bond. And this, you may get every member of your family to go in and, and pledge whatever jewelry or real estate they have. Um, but if, this, if the upshot is the person doesn't show up, that, you, it's just a foreclosure action then, and you're SOL. I think that's, that's a good real way of making sure that you get people to take the judicial system seriously and show up on your appointed date. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, what else can you do to procure that kind of behavior when you've already got lawbreakers, you know, under investigation? They're, they're not likely to come of their own, you know, accord or submit to this unless they're forced to somehow. You got to compel their attendance. It's an it's an old part of the system because you're dealing with people who are looking for a way around. Well, it. plus the bail bondsman is probably nasty guy to cross. Right. Well, th- this is all. P- of the system too, and it's, it's got the old subterranean chapters that are, that are not too savory. But but the problem with the Safety Act, and by the way, Mr. Picow, who's who's been on your show, um, has his you know explanation of this has gone viral yeah. in Illinois as it should because he gives a very cogent explanation of it. The problem was during the debate when anybody was questioning this, um, anybody who opposed it was called racist for opposing it. Oh yeah, you know my state senator in my district here voted no on it, but he was bucking the trend in the, the Democratic organization, and he, he's no longer in that slot. He bowed out and didn't run again. But but that kind of compulsion, you know, you look at the the acronym for it too. That you know the safety, <laughs> accountability, equity, blah blah. You, you take all of those letters, and all of this is a code word for an, an Antifa kind of agenda. And it's a, to me, it's a form of reparations. If you can't give people reparations in some Senate bill here, well, we're going to let these people loot and steal with impunity, and then we can't arrest them. Yeah, what, what is the... 48 hours later, they can be wherever the heck they want to be. You give them three phone calls after an arrest, while they, are they calling witnesses, are they calling their family, dish that gun I have under my mat? Who knows what they're doing? But why would you do that unless you wanted to encourage this kind of behavior? Well, that's what my next, my next question is. Um, I don't think anybody really wants to get anybody they know themselves or family, really anybody, to be injured to be a victim of a crime. And yet, I, I, I see absolute chaos. Last night, I'm driving by uh, uh, down 99th Street. You know, they got all those stop signs. And there's a guy that, where three people stopped the stop sign, is swinging onto the, to the right parking lane and blowing through at 35 miles an hour without any regard for. Any pedestrian who might be there, somebody coming the other way. And yesterday morning, I, I start my day at 7 o'clock. There's a four-way stop, two blocks Maudry's. It's 7 in the morning. I look to my right, and I see some guy about three, 400 yards down there coming toward the stop sign. I look to my left, nobody there. 
And I stopped and I proceed. All of a sudden I hear this horn and this guy whip around behind me. He blew right through the stop sign and is honking at me. This, this is, you know, in a white neighborhood. This isn't, you know, on, on Orion. I mean, it, it's all over the place. Yeah. This, this chaos, I mean, obviously it's worse in some areas. In some, and I'm not saying that person pulled out a knife or a gun and stabbed me or shot me. But the fact is, how, how did that become my fault? I mean, what, what, what planet is this person on? Mm. And, how could, and then get a load of this. I, 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 uh, all these, if people have such a, uh, an idea of their own, you know, the, how their own rights. You know they're, they're, that bar at 106th and Pulaski? It used to be the Egg and I. Now it's something else. Yep. Well, I'm going down Pulaski with my brothers, and if I see this car flashing with the flashers on right in front of the place. And I'm thinking this must be an Uber. There must be some drink in there looking for a ride home. Well, of course, a car is now parked behind that person because the left lane is whizzing by, and I'm stuck behind that car. And, of course, the people on the left are honking and flying by at 90 miles an hour. Well, not 90, but fast for Pulaski. <laughs> this guy gets out of the bar, walks right by the Uber, it opens the door of the car behind it and goes to sit in. <laughs> the person in there must have said, hey, buddy, get the hell out of my car. <laughs> the guy closes the door, walks up, and he hops in the Uber, and I'm going, what the hell? <laughs> so then Uber takes off, and the guy in front of me tries to get back in the, you know, so we can get around the guy. The people are honking and flying around him, and somebody somebody goes around him like 50 miles an hour on Pulaski, goes all the way in the oncoming traffic lane. I'm like, guys, it, it's it's a it's a 20 second delay. Chill, your time's not that valuable. John, this this chaos is all over the place on every level, and I don't understand why we we think this. What what is the motivation for somebody that you know has is you know robbed and other stuff four or five times? What is the motivation to get them back out on the street? And have I'll tell you, Tom, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, f- first off, the, to oppose a bill like the Safety Act and, and be called a racist for it hides the fact that the people who are suffering most from this explosion of crime are black Chicagoans right. and, Latin, and Latin Chicagoans. It, it's just the way it is. So I, I, I feel for those people because they get absolutely no benefit from this. Oh, none whatsoever. whatsoever. And it makes me think, Tom, that it, it, that the Antifa message, which, you know, if you listen to Joe Biden, Antifa doesn't exist. It's just an idea. But it's a, it's a fairly sophisticated way of desensitizing people to the way things are going to have to be now. And it means that you've got legislators who are doing the bidding of people who are backing the gangs. They're, they want free reign to do what they want and not pay a price for it. And they don't care if the victims are black, white, or anything else. It's, it, it, this racist canard about you know opposing this kind of behavior towards you know suspects is to me the biggest joke of all. Let's it's kick this around. Who's, who's really mm. putting the bill here for these politicians to sponsor such an act as this, and who's going to who's going to really benefit from it? Nobody in the city who's paying taxes and trying to keep their property safe and livable gets any benefit from this. The people who are trying to do end runs around them and take over buildings and squat in them and live rent-free and you can't evict them, they're the beneficiaries of this. Who would allow such a law to ever be brought to a Well, yeah, let's kick it around Thursday because it's it's so crazy that you wonder who's behind it, but it can't be any any person because it's... Whatever benefit you get from it's got to be 60 years away. No, nobody's at you. No, I think it's immediate. The gangs are, are, I really think, are behind this, or, or gangs that are working for other gangs, including political gangs, doing their bidding. They get immediate benefits from this sort of Well, I mean, there's a, we got a dash, but... And, and, you know, for the you can't, of impunity. But you can't... The, uh, 
Inglewood is half empty. At some point, there's, there's no benefit even to the gangs. You can't. Well, they'll, they'll just go wherever the pickings are good. Tom, I guess there's lush pickings that you you can see. You'll see degradation of every neighborhood that has any kind of stability or you know property values worth protecting. You're going to see all that stuff go in the toilet within two or three years from the answer of this. And I, I really think that that's what, exactly what the people. I don't see how that. Want. I, I don't. I'd love to find somebody in, of that point of view and find out how exactly they gain from this. Jan, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Actually, I might even see you this week with our guys coming. Are we still coming? Are they still coming in after the Marshall fiasco? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> it might be a little more somber crowd. Maybe, maybe I can actually get a parking pass for less than well, five hundred bucks. I got the opera on Friday night. My first opera in almost three years. Ooh. So that's the only night that I've got. Gee, maybe maybe, maybe Slim and Dave will go with you to the opera instead of going down and drinking himself. <laughs> I doubt it. SP Viewers up 13, SP Viewers up 28. Right back, Miss Nancy Graham. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. 
Lone Wolf Bay, Slash and Jackson. I'm Tamal. We had Burn on the board. We have S&P futures of 15.50. We just ducked down to only up 12, and now we're back up to 15. We were up 21. Uh, NASDAQ futures are up 36. Dow futures up 29. Individual stocks in the Dow, well, it was just about everybody's green except for Amgen's down 969. So it's taking the steam out of a lot of the rest of these. That's almost 4%. Uh, but everything else, that's the only one that's red. The rest of them are green. Uh, over in Europe, we've got rally over here, big time rally, actually. Uh, DAX up 210, it's 1.6%. FTSE up 93, 1.3. around up 83, 1.3% over there. Uh, Asia, NECAP 327 is one of their guys came out in Europe and said they didn't think they will raise 0.75% uh, uh, next time. So we'll see how that does or doesn't. These Fed people talking all over the world are moving markets more than uh, just good companies, bad companies. Nikkei up 327, it's 1.1%. Shanghai and Hang Seng are both close today. They last traded on Friday. Uh, U.S. on Friday, Dow was up 377, S&P up 61, NASDAQ up over 2% at 250 points. Bonds down 3 basis points, 3.29. The Bund minus 4 basis points, 1.65. Japan unchanged at 0.25. Japan's been 0.25 plus or minus a few points for like a really long time. Oil up 59 cents, 87.38. Rent up 84 cents, 93.68. Natural gas down 8 cents, 7.91. Arbob up a penny, 2.44. We've got gold with somebody came out with a big um, uh, price hike or price hike warning for uh, for uh, uh, Newmont Mining. So they're, they're saying some of these gold miners are actually going to do well. I got a lot of positions with gold miners, so. Hopefully they're right. Gold itself is up 1290 dollars Silver up $0.69, cents, $19.46. So these guys have gone from, silver's the one that's moving. It's been under, it was under 18 I'm going to say a week ago. So it's up uh, almost 10% in like a week. Copper up $0.02, two, two cents, $3.59. We've got Bitcoin up $7.79, dollars uh, It ducked under 19000 for just a second and sprung back up 3,000 points. We've got the U.S. dollar. Or the, we've got the euro dollar up back up to 101. It was down to ducked under 99 last Wednesday, and it's done nothing but rally since then. Uh, pound same way. The pound's back up to uh, a 116.8 after being down to 1.14. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports, man? Good morning. It's currently 7:39 a.m. on Monday, September 12, 2022. Traffic east and west on the Eisenhower fairly normal at the moment. Uh, traffic eastbound the Kennedy, though, starts at Cumberland Avenue, goes to Jamer Interchange. Pretty solid on the Kennedy, uh, both east and west. Uh, traffic westbound on the Kennedy from downtown remaining pretty solid onto the Edens. After that, it's smooth sailing. Uh, as reported earlier, that stalled semi uh, southbound on the Stevenson still blocking the right lane at Lamont Road uh, at uh, exit 271. Expect delays up to five minutes. Also causing delays on northbound, uh, backed up to Route 53. As well as that, keep in mind the construction northbound on the Stevenson causing some traffic, reducing the roadway to one lane from Harlem Avenue to 47th Street. As well as that, traffic northbound on the lakeshore between East 18th Drive to Ur Randall Street. Uh, finally, keep in mind a structure fire just south of the Stevenson Expressway at the intersection of West 41st Street and South Pulaski. Trying to find some more information on that. Uh, pretty hard, though. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just not very uh, well documented right now, but it is showing up right here, and it's been uh, uh, updated throughout since uh, 6.30 this morning. So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, if it's affecting or not, it's still there. Uh, other than that, weather in Chicago, uh, currently a little rain this morning. Currently 55 degrees, a high of 63, and a low of 55. In Phoenix, most, mostly cloudy skies, currently 75 degrees, a high of 97, and a low of 75. 
In the NFL yesterday, Bears win their first game of the season against San Francisco 49ers, 19-11. Green Bay loses to Minnesota Vikings, 23-7. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs lose at home against San Francisco, 4-2. White Sox lose 10-3 against Oakland Athletics. The Diamondbacks win against Colorado Rockies, 12-6. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Do we have Miss Nancy? We do indeed. Nancy, you with us? Hello. Hello. Oh, you got yes, us? Yes, I am. Well, good for you. Hey. Uh, How are you? All right. Are you? I, I'm surprised you uh, called in. I thought you'd be scrambling for Super Bowl tickets for your beloved Bears. Well, I'm not. I I I I, I'm not, I don't live in dreamland, but I'm happy to see him win. <laughs> um. Yeah, a little, little bit of rain there, eh? I think they could have used a sub pump. Yeah, it's a. I. Uh, you know, you can. It's easy to criticize the, uh, the you know, the park district, but um, I'm going to say that I don't know of any field that could handle that kind of rain. What they were getting, the no. fourth, fourth quarter had no, to be. I don't think yeah. it was. I don't think. I don't think it was. I don't think it was their fault. And um, I just love football. So to me, instead of the ice ball, we had the rain ball. I mean, yeah. that was crazy. And I, I think it helped contributing to the Bears' win. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I was I was at a game. A uh, long time ago, before it be, before the new Soldier Field it was the old one, there was actually an exhibition game that was actually called because it rained so hard, and they had like a foot of water in each end zone. They just called it what, about ten minutes ago. Said the hell with it, and we walked out in the parking lot. The parking lot was like four inches deep. You had to slog through with your shoes on. It was, it was awful. Yeah, I heard the parking lot was really bad. Yeah, I mean we, I mean we're not you know you're, this nobody's really designed unless you're. Uh, um, actually, you know, it, it can rain all at once in South Bend, <laughs> but, but since since the ground is all sand, five minutes later you swore it never it never rained, you know, type of thing. But obviously, that's a, I thought that new side they put in actually held up pretty well, considering. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, it, the yeah, guy the, the guy who put that in must have thought I don't really need this four days after I put the sod in. But anywho, hey, uh, Nance, I've got this thing. I I look at this. I don't know. I shouldn't look at this like ever, but I do. Uh, I, I look at this national debt clock thing, and every week, the savings per family goes down to like two hundred bucks, and a credit card debt just keeps creeping. Is that up. all? Well, two hundred bucks per family with 80, 80 million families—that's a lot of money per week. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how they, how how well the numbers constructed, but the, the trend is unmistakable. Um, how? What what kind of? How many? I, I'll, I'll just, when you get somebody into a house and you're pretty good at this, uh, how much money they have left over? My buddy uh, Doc, not Doctor J, would do some mortgage closing years ago, especially for his like his daughter's girlfriends and stuff. He or he wouldn't charge anybody. He goes, they're buying these condos, and literally at the end of the, they, they don't they, they better have a date that night because they can't afford their own dinner. I mean, they're like every last nickel is going into these places. Are, is that what's happening here or or, or not? <laughs> No, you have to, uh, well, I mean, it depends what your definition is of it, but you have to have at least two months reserves at all, you know, in order to qualify. So that just means two months of principal interest, taxes, and insurance. It doesn't mean you have to have any more than that. Okay. So you should have a little, so, you know, the, the calculations give you a little bit of, because uh, I was uh, thinking of you last night, I, I saw this article in uh I don't know. They kick you there from CNBC, but it's called Make It. Is the name of the? I don't know. It's that's the website. 
and how much money you need to live and rent in the most expensive U.S. cities. I'm thinking, boy, okay. Nancy would know these numbers. She wouldn't have to look at the chart. But they've got all these, uh, these the, the first number one is uh, average rent in New York, 6300 bucks, and you're supposed to need, average salary needed is 254 k Ouch. Boston, 4700 right. and a salary needed 188 This These are the kind of numbers you go through all the time, but this is for buying, not renting. But God bless. L.A., 3952 You need 158 grand a year to, to get that. I mean, so the, with the average, the median salary is 36000 Not a whole lot of people are making 173 I mean, they're, you know, some are, but it's what percentage of the population is it? 10? 12? Maybe? Oh, probably less than that, Ken. Chicago, we've got twenty nine forty seven, and you, you need one hundred and seventeen. Is are the numbers the same? If somebody has a mortgage and insurance and taxes of twenty nine hundred, would, would your number be the same for them? How much they would have to make one seventeen nine? I don't know. No, no. You think it'd be pretty no, close. It could be. It's what if that's the only debt you have? It can be up to uh, well, uh, it could be seventy-two thousand. Anything above that, north of that number. Well, you get to deduct your mortgage so, some with the interest, so that that's got to help the buyer versus the renter, right? Yeah. Well, the only thing to qualify, you need to have all, all in debt. All in cannot go over. If you have good credit scores, you can't cross over forty-five percent. The it's supposed to go. The cap is supposed to be thirty-six, but it can be extended if you've been on the job a long time. Um, those sorts of things. You have more reserves in that case. You couldn't have too much. You'd have to have about six or eight, something like that. After the transaction's over, you have to have those reserves. Okay. So I wouldn't say it, it has to be that high, but. Um, then you have to have no credit card debt, no student loan. You have to, you know, not owe a penny to somebody else. Okay, well, these guys are using... No, I'm not sure when you look at the chart, what are they putting in that number? Well, they're, they're looking at... You know? Well, I'm, I'm saying the, uh, uh, well, 36000 this is for, for Chicago, divided by 117. They're, 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 they're using like a 30% number. As, yeah. uh, as as rent but here it looks maybe maybe yeah 35. and that, and and that would be the rule of thumb but if they have more than another six um, percent debt then they can't have it so you can't just look at the one number okay because these most kids have student loans coming out well and, and most people have a car they, too they want them forgiven but they don't understand they're going to be the ones I mean we'll probably be gone they'll be the one paying back the debt and it's not going to work no. Well, plus, got got help if you go out and buy a new car for forty five grand or eighty or a hundred or whatever they are. I mean, it's oh a, yeah, car payments originally used to be two hundred, and they consider that a lot. Now I'm seeing them for seven fifty, eight hundred, eight thirty six. What kind of car? Hope well, it's that, that nice. blows you out of the water right there. I remember when you could buy a car for eight thirty six. Just saying. Not anymore. No, the I remember, Nance. We did this. uh, God, I was throwing a train. Well, this is before the United Center was built, so there was this uh, 
basketball thing. Of, you know, it was some disease, right? Morgan Stanley was running it. And you, people ponied up sponsorship for basketball teams. And I had just kind of retired playing basketball. I was used to playing a m- bunch of leagues. But, you know, basketball is a sport that once you stop playing it, you can't play basketball once a month. You, know, you, know, you either got to play that four or five nights a week or you, you, or at least shoot around or do something. Anyway, more than anybody cares to hear about. But So I sponsored his team. Back in the trading floor, we all had dough. I sponsored his team, and of course, I'm the fifth guy in case somebody gets hurt. It's like four on four, half court. Well, of course, the guy gets hurt like mm-hmm. th- three three seconds into the game. So I ended up playing all day. Well, at between okay. between uh, uh, games, BMW was one of the sponsors, so they bring all these cars over there. This is back when traders had okay. a whole bunch of dough. And uh, so the guy says, uh, hey, why don't you get in that car? Try it on for size. And I go, uh, well, I'm kind of all sweated up from playing basketball. I don't care. It was a leather seats. We'll just spray <laughs> them down. I look at the price on the thing. The thing was like sixty-five grand. This is 19. It had to be. Oh, how long has the United Center been there? This had to be, I'm going to say, 92, 93, somewhere in there. And uh, remember, remember the, uh, was it the, the uh, wasn't a gas guzzler tax. It was the uh, uh, high price tax. What they used to call that? What was the name of that thing? The luxury it was a luxury tax, and the thing luxury like, tax. Yeah, Matt, they had something called the luxury tax, mm. and I think the luxury tax was like fifteen grand. Wow! And so the car is like eighty. <laughs> it was a long time ago, <laughs> and, it, and the guy says to me, "It's a really nice car." I go, "Buddy, this is America. For eighty grand, nobody would have the balls to sell a not nice car for eighty grand." <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said, do you the luxury tax on this thing is more than any, than all the cars I've ever owned put together? <laughs> God. Anyway, it was pretty nice. I did get in. It was some big hot, like a 600 series BMW. So it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I don't I don't know how I don't know how people are handling these prices, Nance. I really don't. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you get two people working and you buy a house and you been working, you have a down payment, and you get in there, and nobody loses their job, and you hunker down and. You know, I think everybody will be fine, but boy, I, when does think when, when is everything ever fine for anybody? I mean, I mean, when, you know, when's that, when's everything just go swimmingly for anybody? I mean, everybody's got a little bit of something in their life. I mean, uh, that's correct. I, I have no idea how this is going to play out, but something's going to give. Yeah, eventually yeah. something will give, and then. What, you know, uh, I just hope we don't go back to 2007, 2009. Well, I, two comments on that. One is, I think the disparity between people's income and the housing prices is worse than then. But I don't think the other catalysts, you know, with the uh, other, other the, you know, the crazy mortgages on top of mortgages on top of mortgages. I don't think that's around to you. I I don't see it. If it is, I don't. I don't think the catal- yeah. I don't think the catalyst is there. I think the, 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 the bare numbers, I think, are actually worse, don't you? Well, they are giving home equity loans again. and lines cut all over the place. That's the big thing right now. No, you, don't, you don't do any of those, though, right? Or do you? I don't do those. Banks have to do those now. What about, what's the difference between so, a second mortgage and a home equity? Same thing? The home equity or are they same? Not. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, the home equity. What, what I think is cute is the home equity... Uh, line of credit or the home equity loan product, they tell you, oh, it's it's 30 years. You get to keep this for 30 years. So you figure, well, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that. And usually what I have found, if people get more than like about 12000 on a line of credit, 
ten. They can never. They never get to pay it off. Eventually, they have to refinance and roll that in. And um, what they're doing now is to get away from what happened in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They only used were for like seven years or five years. Ten would be unusual, and they would balloon, and you'd have to pay them off. So <coughs> because we had that big downturn, now they say it's thirty years. Here's the catch: you can only draw on it for the first ten. The last 20 years that they charge you the fee, you, you're paying it back. So if you have nothing on it, you're giving them the fee, the $550, the $100, $150 a year for absolutely no reason because you can't use it. Oh, so wait a minute. So if I go in and, and get a home equity line of credit, even if I never use it, I'm paying them a fee for the loan? You're paying a fee for the entire time. How much? What, what am I gaining? No fees of- right, what am I gaining on interest? versus a credit card? Not, not better. I mean, it should be uh, 5, 6, 7%. It, it runs at, again, once, since the crash in 08, they run it against um, Prime. You're, you're something above Prime with a 4 of 4.5 or 5. So it's never going to be below the 4. Yeah, but if I borrow... Ten grand and my fee is five. I'm already at five percent without doing anything. Correct. You're at five percent without doing anything. There's a four in there. Um, it's at four and after that. All right. So, do most of the people who get these loans can they do the calculation like I just did, or do they even know? I don't think they know. Okay. I don't think people understand it. I I, I really do not. It's the number one thing, all guys. Well, I say, do you have a second mortgage? They'll say no. And when you run their credit, it shows up, and you say, well, you know, do you have a line of credit? And they say, oh, yeah. But that's not a mortgage. We don't know anything on our house. That's not a mortgage. And it is. Your house is collateral for that product. I don't, uh, catch, is, should we have to have a, you know, we have to have, we don't want to force anybody to do anything. Shouldn't there be some sort of a basic economics course that people have to take before they get out of high school? You know, what is a checking account? What is this? What is that? I mean, Audrey's had people she showed houses to that uh, are in their early 30s that have had a job, a nice job, looking for a house that don't have a bank account. They cash everything at the, at the currency exchange and have paid to cash their check for twenty for 15 years. How, how, how is that is correct. I have one, one question. What, people what are hell? now getting paid on... Um um, some kind of, um, you know how you would get a um, uh, gift card? Yeah. People are actually getting paid to their gift cards. You got to be kidding me. They just reload them. No. Yeah. No. I, I, I tell them that you really can't count this. No, it's, it, it, I don't. Because how do, you, how do you get to the reserves? How do you get to the down payment? The down, you know, they don't, let's face it, there isn't. If you're buying a $100,000 house and it's 3.5% down, you still need $3,500. And you have to show the you have to show the reserves. How do you do that when you have a... How do you get a printout off a gift card type situation? I, 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 don't, I don't understand the motivation. Whatever they want to call it, but they don't have bank accounts. One of, one of my tenants... Um, probably shouldn't say this on the air, but I have my, the rent is waiting for me in the local bar. <laughs> I mean, 
this 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 is this is the world we live in. And I've, I've, she's the nicest lady. I keep talking to her, and I say, you know, do you have a bank account? Well, yeah. I said, well, why don't you go and just tell you want the tell those people you want ten sample checks. They might they might last you <laughs> at least ten months where you give me a check for the rent. I, I, oh, I don't. Why do I want any checks? And I'm like, I, you can. I, I, I don't get it. I just, and then I find out one of my, my family members, she has a bank account from some online bank in Florida. There's there's no cash there's no cash station she can use. There's no no bank no place she can go. She can't if you give her a check she doesn't, she can't deposit it. I'm like what what? Am I am I that? I mean what what is what is wrong with this mess? <laughs> or am I just being grumpy? Here? Well, no, I, I mean, I don't, all I can say is I don't understand it. I don't think it's a good idea. I wouldn't do it, but they all say it's fine. There's no problems. They don't get bothered. They don't, it, it is true. I'm sure they don't. I don't know. I mean, I, but I, it, I, we use Lakeside. Uh, Fanny's been our banker over there. I mean, I, I, my family member, I'm like, why don't I just walk you over to meet Fanny? She'll open you up a, a checking account. It's right across the street. If you ever, I mean, I, I, I don't. What's the aversion? Why? What, what's the aversion to doing that? It's not like it's difficult. I don't know, but it's. I see a lot of it, and there. And it's a, definitely there's a continental divide. I mean, I mean, you're thinking and my thinking versus them whipping out their cell phone and just saying, "Well, I have it all." But the problem is, no one's ever told them. You know, no one. Nothing's happened yet where their money hasn't showed up. If it, if it were a Bernie Madoff scandal, how would you ever know? Well, yeah, I mean, the guy used to do some of the shows for us, Thomas. He, and the guy's forty years old at the time. He goes, "I finally got my first checking account, Chief." And I go, well, "I said, don't order any checks. I'll find a spot where you can get them cheaper." Oh, yeah, yeah I don't want any checks. Okay, so you you have a check account, you don't have any checks. I said, "Well, did you get a fistful of cash?" Well, no, I don't have any cash either. I said, well, what what if, like, a, I don't know how it could even possibly happen because I paid for everything. What if you owed me 20 bucks? And how could you pay me? Well, I guess I can't. <laughs> okay. I mean, a simple question like that. Well, I guess I can't. <laughs> I, I don't know, Nance. I guess I got to make sure I, I, never, I never win a bet from the guy, you know, or something. But now, if I lost, would he expect me to pay him, I guess is the question? Just. Well, how many, and how are you going to do that? Well, I could always give him cash. I'm sure he'd take it. Well, that's true. He could use it. He probably could use it. Man says he could use it. No cash. Yeah, I don't. So, what 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 is the state of the mortgage industry? With all the rates drop a week, and everybody kind of goes against mortgages again, and now they're it's slowing up. Is are are you guys busy? Slow? Is the industry laying off? What's going on? The the industry's laying off. The industry's laying off, and people are not finding jobs. So. Um, that pretty much tells you where that's at. Well, they could always apply to the I- the IRS. They're hiring eighty two thousand people. Oh, there you go. That'd I mean, be a good thing. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. There's the answer. Yeah, there's the answer. There's the <laughs> well, an answer. Um, so I mean, on a scale of one to ten, you guys were. Well, I mean, a year ago when you first came on, you guys were, you know, you're 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 doing an eight to ten. On a scale of one to ten, in terms of normal business are you guys below below normal at normal or how how far below normal oh, we're below normal 
And I think it's because of the time of year that most people are just getting their kids back in school. Um, it's the end of the summer, that type of thing. The only the only refi situation you're going to see now is a divorce or a purchase. That's it. There isn't going to be a slew of refis. Why everybody's at two or three percent as it is? Why would you refi? So you, you mean the that's re- why you're seeing the surge in line of credit. What what percentage of people would you say that had a six percent mortgage from ten years ago or fifteen years ago? Did all those people refi? I imagine they mostly all did. No, no, because those are the one calls I'm getting right now, where they're they had a reason to be that high, and they could not take advantage of the lower rate. So there's still but now maybe they could get a lower rate. Uh, how many people around do you think are over the current six? There's still probably a few. There, there are, there are, there definitely are. I just, just had one about ten days ago. Well, where, where uh, if somebody, just, somebody walked in today with good credit, and wanted a thirty-year, where, where can you plunk them? What's their rate? Still in the fives, still. Still in the fives, and yeah. on, on an adjustable, can I do a little better or no? Not really. Not really. No, really. you're not you a huge fan. Still be better off with thirty or six. Well, so, uh, so they don't have they don't have the they don't have the arms up to. Speed where they need to be. Yeah, but they'll get there. Uh, did you have yesterday's game for the Bears in the loss column or win column? Where, where are you on, uh, on wins uh, wins this year for them? I say four. Oh God! <laughs> oh, yeah. So a bear. I, I was. That's what I was thinking. Four or five. Uh, but you're more. You're a fan. I'm not. I thought you'd say like ten or something. Well, I, no, I'm a fan of football. Period. Oh, I right. watch any good game. Yeah. And I, I love football in itself to watch it. But being a fan of the Bears doesn't mean you can, they're going to win. The, <laughs> the one I re- game I really liked was a Green Bay to see them lose. Oh, God. Because mm. they didn't have, they, they broke up their team so much, they're just going to be like everybody else. And now there's a chance that the league could open up and you'll see better games mm-hmm. than runaways with Green Bay all the time. All right, talk at you soon. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. SP Futures up 15, Disney oh. Futures up 38. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.